If you're enjoying this episode, check out Fearless Fridays with Marianne, the podcast to help you transform past pain into present power so that you can heal your inner child and reshape your future. I am your host, Marianne Rivera-Dannert in Rochester, New York. My mission is to see women worldwide live a free, fearless, and fabulous life. Subscribe to Fearless Fridays with Marianne on the JazzCast Pros Network, available right here on your favorite podcast player. And remember, you are a priority and you matter. JazzCast Pros. When I finally got to the point of wanting to finally have children, because I always told my family, and they pretty much knew, I was allergic to them. And to kids? Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was allergic to children before I had my own. I still am. You have to plan around pretty much everything once you become a parent, whether it's a mom or dad. And the one thing I feel as though I didn't do the best job at after the girls were born was planning for myself. Being a parent isn't perfect, but we are going to talk about mental health and parenting, um, what that looks like, self-care. Of course, talk about the things that are real, you know, the stuff that's happening, but at the same time, give you guys some some insight and some tips. So moms, dads, aunties, uncles, big sisters, little sisters, brothers, join us. Welcome to Living the Front Seat Life. I'm your host, Kelly Marie, and I invite you to take this journey with me. We're going to be talking about all things mental health and emotional well-being. You see, I am a overcomer. If you are interested in figuring out the path for you, determine how and where you will drive your future. This is the place to be. We get to determine the ride. We may not get to determine the weather or who's on the road with us or if it's going to be a scenic route or not, but we are the drivers. So join me on this ride, living the front seat life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Front Seat Life. I am your host, Kelly Marie, and I have a guest with me today that um, I think I talked about in the very first episode, Um, but we had so much going on with sports and mental health that our sports analyst kind of took over all of the guest feature spots, and um, yeah, so now we're here. I'm not talking about sports and mental health. I mean, I may still, but... I feel like we've talked about it so much and I've neglected to talk about other topics. So if something big comes up, you know, I'll always talk about it, but I want to make sure that we're covering all facets of mental health and especially in this case, that of a parent. So I have with me today, our mental health mom, Vicki. How you doing, Vicki? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. So it's taken us like 13 weeks to finally <laughs> <laughs> to finally get you on the on the podcast. I'm here. But, I'm here. That's a that's And I see you every week. I see you're listening and you're commenting and I appreciate you so much. I really do. I enjoy everything you put out. But oh, thank you. Even the sports Tell people stuff. a little bit. You know what? The, the sports stuff was crazy because as much as I like sports, I'm not like a sport sports person. And I had to, you know, of course, go in and look at more stuff and read to make sure I had enough information. And that stuff is deep. 
like each sport has its own mess that they have to to wade through. So the fact that Robert is able to understand like 40 different sports and the regulations and the rules and I don't even know how that is possible. But it led so lent so much to the conversation that I'm I'm just appreciative. But we are not talking about sports anymore until we do. But mental health and parenthood. And I don't want it to say, you know, motherhood, because I know that some fellas are listening. And I want moms to also be able to consider the life of the other parent. But tell folks a little bit about you. About me. Well, I'm a native of Western New York. I was born and raised in the Western New York uh, region. And I am a mom of twin girls, uh, Madison and Mackenzie. And I consider myself a seasoned mom, (laughs) simply because of my age. I waited um, purpose to have children. And when I finally got to the point of wanting to finally have children, because I always told my family, and they pretty much knew, I was allergic to them. And to kids? Heck yeah! (laughs) (laughs) I was allergic to children before I had my own. I still am, but not my own. (laughs) Okay. So my family, they teased me. So I waited. And when I finally got to the point where I said, okay, I'm getting a little bit too old for this. um, I found out that I most likely would not be able to have children. Um, I started having difficulties conceiving um, to the point where I was about to go on Clomid, which is a fertility drug. When I went for my appointment um, to go on, they told me that I was pregnant. So I was already pregnant, but that pregnancy, it just didn't um, stay the test of time. Right after I told my family, it was a little shy of 12 weeks, you know, that 12 week rule to tell your family. I was at eight weeks and um, I miscarried at eight weeks. And I made a decision that I wasn't going to be sad. You know, this was God's will and I would just keep it moving. And I kept it moving and, um, I'm a Gemini, and you know, Geminis, we love to just have, we have two sides. (laughs) So, uh, in June, I celebrated my birthday with lots of wine and seafood and other things. And then, 4th of July, I went to a um, women's conference in Detroit, and I just didn't feel right. I just felt off. And I drove there, but I was really sleepy. I was like, dang, I feel pregnant, but I know I'm not because it's. I took a pregnancy test and it said negative. So when I got to Detroit, I said, let me just take a pregnancy test. And so I did. And then I took another. And then I took another. I took five pregnancy tests and they were all positive. So I called the doctor and they said, nah, your HCGs are just from the last pregnancy. You're most likely not pregnant. I said, okay. So I went to the doctor and my HCGs were, I went like a week apart for two visits and they doubled and they did confirm that I was pregnant. And on the second visit, they confirmed that I was having multiples. (laughs) So here I am. And that's how my twins, I conceived the twins 
I would say three weeks after I miscarried. So they are my miracle. They are our, our miracle babies. Um, you know, their father, of course, was in shock. Of course, he was in more shock when he found out they were two girls. But <laughs> <laughs> we love them. Um, they are truly a blessing to us. That is an amazing story. And thank you for sharing, um, especially the the trials part, like the tribulation, the heartache, the the work that it took to get to the point of being able to carry your daughters to well now were they preemie how because i know a lot of folks that have twins end up having a premature birth yes they actually you know i was considered high risk just simply because of my age um i conceived the girls when i was 41 so uh that just put me in a higher risk category. Having multiples, being older in terms of having children, that we delivered actually right on time for twin births. Twins are delivered at 37 and a half weeks. I was scheduled for a Thursday when I went for my last checkup. And I remember the morning that I went to the doctor, I had a breakfast sandwich because I was starving before I went. And I went to the doctor and that the night before I told their father, I was like, I don't feel I don't feel right. And he's he was a volunteer fireman at the time. And he said, well, I just want to go in just one more night <laughs> because I'm not going to be able to do it anymore for a while. So I said, OK. So then the next morning we went and I was a centimeter dilated. So that's what I was feeling. And the doctor said, I'll see you at one thirty. I was like, huh? I was like, I have like a couple more days and I hadn't done the mold of my belly or anything. So we rushed home and I was like, I already ate breakfast. I was trying to push it as, off as much as I could. And he said, don't worry about it. Just don't eat anything else. And I came home and I hurried up and I did the mold of my belly and I went on my way and I delivered just two days shy of my original due date. Um, and they're February babies, so it was cold, wintry, you know, that's how I delivered. So they weren't preemies. They were actually pretty, they were pretty big for twins. They were five, six and five fourteen in size. So I was carrying, you know, a pretty good amount of baby. Yes. Babies. Mine were, I don't really remember, but they were all at least eight pounds and on the upper end of eight, but that's all I got. I don't know what else happened. I don't, yeah. Sorry, guys. That Every mom doesn't remember all of the details. <laughs> I'm one of those moms. They're That's here. okay. And they're That's grown. That's okay. They survived. <laughs> but even, you know, the differences in, yes, every pregnancy is different. Every parent is different. Um, but I had my children early. So I had my first tequila when I was 18, turning 19. And then Kadar, I had a year and a half later, and then Cameron, two and a half years after that. I mean, I was done, done, because my thought was have one, have them all, and then you don't have, then I'm good. And then I can enjoy my adult life, which I guess maybe I'm doing, Vicky, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to do the enjoying the adult life part. But... A lot of folks, you know, and being in, you know, looking at social media and you see memes and posts and things like that and women talking about waiting or opting not to have children at all and the differences that people think 
the other person has. Like, oh, I wish I would have waited or, oh, I wish I would have had them earlier. Oh, you know, I wish I'd have made a different decision. Very rarely do I hear in women in, in this case, just accept who they are, where they are and the decisions that they made. It's always like a, a grass is greener kind of thing. And I don't think that it is. I think it's just a decision that you make or, or you know, the, the choices that you were given and what you did with those choices. Yes, um, mm-hmm. I definitely agree. I I made a conscious decision um, and that's most likely, well, I know that it's based on my first, uh, my studies based in college were around human sexuality. So I made a conscious decision to control um you know, using birth control, um, you know, starting to have a family later because I knew, A, I couldn't afford them and I didn't want to have the stress of struggling being able to afford children. And to be honest with you, when I said I was allergic to kids, I really was. I did not have the patience. <laughs> I was like, I do not have the patience for this. But my nieces, you know, my, my nephews, not my nieces, my nephews would visit I just didn't have the patience for it. So I knew I needed to wait until I was a little bit more mature. Uh, I had a job. I had several jobs, but I had a job that I traveled a lot. I was able to travel. I went to the Essence Festival, the Jazz Festival every year with friends. I enjoyed life. So I was able to experience a lot of things. And it was hard enough having my... Um, my my first baby, Jada Marie Dent, which was a Rottweiler pit, <laughs> and she was my baby, you know, and she's my first baby. But even traveling with her, I would make arrangements. So being a mom, if you want to test it out, get a puppy because... <laughs> Listen, right? Because they stay babies forever. Yeah. Yes, you have to take care of them. But I mean, it's different than having, you know, kids. But I planned it out. And there were many, many reasons why. And I'm here, you know, and I, I made it. But it's not necessarily, it. it's something that you have to continually still plan. You have to plan around pretty much everything once you become a parent, whether it's a mom or dad, there are things that you still need to plan for. Um, and the one thing I feel as though I didn't do the best job at after the girls were born was planning for myself. Mm. Okay, so talk about that. Well, you know, I before they were born, I would go up to White Oaks. It's a spa over in Canada. Yeah, I would get a, a full body sugar scrub, hot stone massage. Mm-hmm. You know, I I just, you know, I would get my nails done. I go get my hair done every two weeks. And after I had the girls, I my focus was them. You know, it didn't necessarily help that, you know, things happen. You know, when you have kids and of course you're a little bit older, things happen. Um, a week after I delivered them, I thought I was having a stroke. Um, you know, the right side of my face drooped, and I just thought I was having a stroke. I was in pain. I went to the ER, and I had Bell's palsy. And it was extremely painful, which typically it isn't. So I had a sinus infection on top of Bell's palsy. So... 
there were several things that came into play that it was just very hard having newborn twins. And thankfully, my my stepmom came here to Buffalo to help us for three weeks straight. And she was here with the girls when Eric took me to the ER. Um, she stayed with the girls. But after that, it was it just seemed like everything. There's so many things, you know, trying to because I was breastfeeding, trying to breastfeed twins and also having Bell's palsy and a sinus infection. But I still was pumping. I was able to breastfeed them until they were 11 months old. And I was determined to do so. I made a conscious decision. And I know a lot of um, moms talk about breastfeeding and they either decide not to do it because they say it's too hard or they give up because they're not producing or bringing down enough milk. I worked full time when I had the girls and I said I was going to breastfeed them come hell or high water, <laughs> you know. The doctors did tell me that I wasn't producing enough, but I said I'm giving them something because I knew the benefits. I knew it would help them. So even while I had the Bell's palsy and a lot of stuff going on, I, I started pumping because they wouldn't latch. So I pumped and I continued to pump for 11 months. I even pumped on Amtrak trains on the way to, <laughs> you know, to meetings for work. I was determined to pump and I did. So, you know, it's, things happen, you know, and it seemed like a lot happened to my body after having them. So I let other things go, you know, whether it was, you know, getting my nails done or my hair done and I focused on them. I mean, it was a benefit to them because they're really <laughs> well taken care of. Um, but I wish if it, in hindsight, I would go back and say, I would have taken more time for myself. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high quality recordings, regardless of your or your guest internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. You know, I, for example, I used to be an avid reader. I read all the time. And now I have a whole bunch of books because I keep buying the books, but I don't necessarily have the time to read them. So now I'm at the point where I'm making more time to read. So in that, I just ironically, um, my brother just came. He came and got an armor that's been in my room for 16 years. It was my dad's armor and it was just too big. I wasn't using it the way I should have. And I decided that I wanted to make a reading nook in my room because I want to be able to read. Whether I listen to a book or pick up a book and read, I don't have a place to really do it. So I made a conscious decision to make a space in my room. So I'm in the process of doing that. It's not going to be done for quite some time, but I'm doing it. And before I just kind of let the reading go. And now I have a whole bunch of books that I have to really catch up on. You are, first of all, a damn superhero. Vicki, I don't know how you went through all of that. 
and breastfed. And I know other moms are out there and you guys have, have. I am just blown away. I did not breastfeed any of my kids. The first one I tried and it didn't work. And then I became equal opportunity parent. I'm like, well, if I didn't breastfeed the first one, I'm not going to give the other ones a leg up that, you know, (laughs) 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 that the first one didn't have. I mean, that wouldn't be fair. So I'm. (laughs) It's okay. You know, it's okay. Everyone, breastfeeding is not for everyone. And as long as the baby is healthy and they're getting, you know, nourishment, you know, it's okay. You know, I had to supplement with formula as well, but I. I just wanted to be able to breastfeed them. And they gave me a free pump. You know, I didn't even think that I would qualify for, you know, WIC. And because I was off, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily know to research and look at different things. And when your income goes down to 50% when you're off, you know, then I I qualified for, for WIC. And I was able to get a free pump, a breast pump. I do remember having a specialist come to the house and I, because I really did want to breastfeed and after, you know, a couple of weeks, I just, I'm not going to lie. I couldn't do it. It could have been my 18 year old, you know, self. Um, it could have just been, I don't know that even today I would breastfeed. I think I would, but I don't have a uterus anymore. Right. So it's not even, it's out of the question. <laughs> it's a non-issue for me right now, um, despite being 44. But, um, I, but I, and I have friends that are having their first children, like they're just having children. Um, others are, you know, having rainbow babies. They have adult children and now they have this new life to, to take care of. And I'm just trying to take care of myself. I don't, I don't even know how that happens, let alone taking care of a whole nother person. But let me tell you, you are absolutely amazing. Like I didn't know all of that. I don't think I knew 90% of your story. Just the the fact that you were able to, I'm torn right now because a part of me is like, man, you know, you pushed through, you were resilient. You just, you know, took on the world and said that you were going to make this happen and you did. And then the other side of me is like, but what about, you know, the the you that you missed? And you, you touched on that. You know, we are going through, um, especially being black, you know, the being the strong black woman and, and being resilient and being able to, to handle the weight of the world. And that is not necessary for human beings to do. And being, you know, a black woman doesn't mean that you have superhero genes. But at the same time, I do. I have to commend you, man. I, you, you are a rock star. Well, I mean, thank you. I don't feel like that. I feel like I just felt like a mom. Like I just took care of the girls because I was responsible for them, you know, to them for bringing them into the world. And I felt as though it was time for me to sacrifice and make sure that they have a good life. However, I could do it. There were a lot of times that I was flying by the seat of my pants But most of the time I have sisters, you know, um, brother that had children, my mom's. I had actually, I was fortunate enough to have a support system and not everyone has a support system, you know, in place. So having a good support system and sometimes when you become parents, you want to 
do everything your way and say black people out. Yes, you do have to have boundaries and people will tell you things, but you get into your own routine as a parent and decide what's best for you, for you if you're a single parent or if you're in a relationship with someone or married you make the decision of what works best but I will say this when having children it is important to have a support system whether you widen your net and it doesn't necessarily have to be someone who's related to you it could be a non-related person you just have to be able to trust them um, that they can come over possibly to assist you so you can still be able to function. And there were times that I might have not felt like or I wasn't able to function, but I did have the support of family. And I think that was a benefit of family and really good friends. Uh, and that was a p important to, to have um, when raising the girls and thank God that I had two of them because I don't know what I would have done with just one because they keep one another company. They're good for one another. That makes a lot of sense. It does make it a lot does of sense. It does make a lot of sense because their father always says, can you imagine where we would be if we only had one? Because then right. it's like, it's more work for us. <laughs> right. Know, we're a little bit more seasoned. I'll keep saying we're seasoned. <laughs> so being seasoned parents, we may not necessarily have all the energy to run behind, you know, two small ones. But when they are when they have one another they just keep one another entertained and we're all good we're fine that's awesome i want to um let folks know that you're going to be coming back and you know i'm always super transparent guys so right now jazzy and i are going back and forth between do we have seasons or do we not have seasons so i don't know this may be the start of season two vicky it may just be um but if this is the first episode of season two, I think this is an awesome kickoff. Oh, I got and, plenty more. I only told you 5%. <laughs> listen, I'm, I can't wait. I can't go wait. Get some, Especially go get some popcorn, y'all. <laughs> the food. Wait, so give people your um, your Instagram tag for Twin Moms. Twin. Oh, Twin Mama Meals for you. Yes. And it's a she it's the number. throws four. down. Well, you know what? I know we're about to end, but the food thing, it's because I had to feed them <laughs> and I wanted them to eat and I actually love to cook. It's a de-stressor for me. It doesn't help my thighs much, <laughs> <laughs> but it is a de-stressor for me to cook and, and see the smiles on their faces when they're eating my, you know, the food that I make. So I just want to be able to make it easier for parents, for moms, for anyone to prepare because it's not easy preparing meals or thinking about what your meal will be for your children. And one thing the girls do, they eat a lot of fruits, they eat a lot of vegetables, and it was easy for me to, us to do that because guess what? That's what we gave them. So that's what they ate. That's what they eat now. And they ate it a lot as babies too. And trust me, when I was pregnant, all I ate was cheeseburgers and pizza and french fries. Because <laughs> that's what I craved. I craved pizza and cheeseburgers constantly. But they came out and they love fruits and vegetables. And I cook a lot of fruits and vegetables. 
um, everything. They eat clams. They eat seafood. They eat cow. You know, all that stuff. Everything. They eat everything. So. And so, what is it again? It's twin mom. Twin mama the, meals mm-hmm. for you. And that's the number, the four. number four. Twin mama meals for mm-hmm. you. While you or the just, just you. Just you. The, okay. Yeah, the number four and just you and. Sometimes I post recipes, sometimes I just post pictures or just encouragement. I just, you know, I'm there. It's it's not perfect because being a parent isn't perfect. Right. And I think we'll end right there. Um, again, Vicki, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I look forward to our next three episodes. I'm excited. <laughs> so am I. I'm excited. <laughs> So come back, you guys. It's going to be good. If you have questions, you can email me or you can put them down in the comments, whether you are listening on one of your favorite podcasting platforms or if you're over in Podbeam or the website. You can also email me at kellymarie at frontseatlife.com. We want to talk about what you want us to talk about. So you might as well tell us what you want us to talk about. But I want to give you some um information in case you are in need. If you're in crisis or need someone to talk to, I want to give you the suicide prevention helpline number. That's 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. Or you can text HOME to 741-741. Those numbers are confidential. They're free. They're open 24-7. So if you need help, they are available to you. Save the numbers in your phone. You never know. You might not need it, but you may need to call for a friend or family member. And if you're looking for resources, um, like human uh, services, maybe you have questions about you know senior services or, or being a caregiver or, or daycare, call 211. It's a national network. Um, and you can do a keyword search if you go to 211 in your browser to get the information and resources that you need. So until the next time, folks, thank you, Vicki, and be the light. <laughs>